Welcome to the futurist public intellectual. Now that the egregiously distasteful incident at Stanford Law School has simmered down a bit, I would like to unravel the free speech mess that occurred. Let's start with a summary of the timeline. Judge Kyle Duncan, a federal appellate judge for the Fifth Circuit, was invited by the Stanford Law School Federalist Society to give a speech on March 9, 2023, titled Guns, COVID, and Twitter. He's a conservative judge, as he was appointed by President Trump. On March 6, the BGLQT student organizations Outlaw and Identity and Rights Affirmers for Trans Equality, aka IRATE, requested the Federalist Society to cancel the event or to move it to Zoom. The Federalist Society declined. By the time the event was supposed to start, there were more protesters in attendance than Federalist Society members. After a period of heckling and interruptions, Tyrion Steinbach, Associate Dean for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, intervened, only to ultimately ask the cryptic question, is the juice worth the squeeze? Soon after, Judge Duncan stopped his speech. On March 11th, Mark Tessier-Levine, Stanford University President, and Jenny Martinez, Stanford Law School Dean, both officially apologized to Judge Duncan. On March 22nd, Dean Martinez wrote a letter addressed to the Stanford Law School community that outlined her positions on free speech and the First Amendment with full legal citations. Since First Amendment rights are at the center of this incident, let's first understand what the First Amendment is. While the First Amendment addresses more than free speech, it's the freedom of speech portion that is often misunderstood. First of all, freedom of speech is not unlimited in scope. One cannot, for example, engage in fraudulent speech. Second, the First Amendment only applies to the government. If you go over to a friend's house, you cannot force them to listen to your tirade about a repugnant politician. Third, the government can even impose time, place, and manner restrictions on speech. That's why the government can tell parade participants to take a particular route or to only have the parade during daylight hours. However, the government cannot place content-based restrictions on speech because that would be censorship. As you can see, First Amendment jurisprudence is rather sensible while allowing for the most liberal free speech right in the world. No other country allows its citizens to bash an incumbent president ad infinitum without consequence. The Stanford Law protesters were engaging in what's referred to as the heckler's veto. The concept refers to people shouting down or interfering with the speech of another so much that the speech cannot continue. It effectively amounts to silencing. Since such silencing could only be happening due to the content of the speech, the First Amendment does not protect such behavior. And yet, that's what happened on March 9th at Stanford Law School. These budding lawyers completely missed the purpose of the First Amendment, to facilitate public discourse in a democracy. 
especially in a country that is not united by ethnocultural heritage. Vigorous public discourse is necessary to the functioning of civil society. How else would the diverse populace determine what's right for them? The Founding Fathers understood this and made freedom of speech the absolute first in the Bill of Rights. The protesters didn't have a legal justification for their silencing. Instead, they used two problematic principles to justify their behavior. The first principle is that subjective feelings justify aggressive or oppressive behavior. The protesters were following the first principle when Associate Dean Steinbach asked, is the juice worth the squeeze? Meaning, is it worth engaging in speech that hurts others and will lead to angry reactions? It's fascinating how this question is completely blind to the reality that the United States is the most diverse country on earth. Every opinion is extremely likely to hurt someone else's situation. It is simply impossible to engage in speech that will have unanimously positive approval, particularly over a long period of time. It absolutely makes sense that the law, in most cases, does not take into account people's feelings in the administration of the law. If hurt feelings justified violence toward others, then this country would have to accept perpetual violence caused by everyday speech. The second principle is that the majority is allowed to pressure the minority into doing what the majority wants. The protesters thought it was appropriate to heckle Judge Duncan into silence. Not only is silencing not a First Amendment right, the silencing is happening because the majority feels emboldened by its numbers. Had there been only two protesters at the Duncan event engaging in the same behavior as what happened, I might have even been okay with turning a blind eye because those two protesters would be brave for engaging in their protest, despite being outnumbered. But the way the events actually unfolded shows that these protesters believe in mob rule, which is not brave at all. And the majority in any society is certainly not right all the time. Instead of silencing Judge Duncan, the appropriate reaction to his speech would have been to listen to his speech and to formulate thoughtful counter-arguments that challenge his views. The fact that students at an elite law school like Stanford prefer to behave like hooligans is jaw-droppingly embarrassing. What's scary about the Judge Duncan incident is that it's simply the latest in a stream of free speech silencing incidents at universities around the country. In 2022, there were incidents at the University of North Texas, UC Hastings College of Law, and Yale Law School. The commonality between all of these incidents is that conservative speakers were targeted by liberal students. All of these incidents happened because the protesters believed in the two principles outlined earlier. It's curious that the reverse isn't happening. Millennials and Gen Z seem to have become so predominantly liberal that they think that they can bully others into their liberality. People, that is called the Spanish Inquisition. This comparison is deliberate because the woke liberals are zealous in their religious adherence to woke ideology. 
they don't seem to understand that it doesn't matter if their beliefs are, quote, correct, unquote. The First Amendment doesn't condone the violent proselytizing of others. Until we return to civil discourse about contentious issues, the American Democratic Republic is destined for needless strife in its public life. Thank you for listening to the Futurist Public Intellectual.